Welcome to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is a podcast that is inspirational based upon my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, that takes the listeners through the year with empowering conversations. Starting from January and Carpe Diem sees the day to December, awe-inspiring magic and miracles. Time to sit back and relax as these extraordinary people, my guests, share their wisdom so that you too can elevate your life. It's time to discover more bliss, get intentional, and start to transform your dreams into reality. It's time to come alive because the world needs more people who wake up and come alive to the possibilities for their own life. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is episode 96 with my special guest, Grace Salmon. And our theme tonight is rejoice in the joy that lies before you. No better way to start July and the fabulous freedom that we hope for, that we have, that we hope to bring around again. It is time to liberate ourselves from the prison of a negative state of mind and surrender to the pursuit of what gives us utter and yes, complete bliss. Remember, you always have control of your mind. This story and this show is about transformation, dreams, inspiration, true happiness, discovering our bliss. You are just a conversation away from extraordinary. It's time to wake up to a universe packed with possibility. Welcome, Leslie and Lee. I am so excited to share with all of you the beauty of Grace Salmon. Once again, this is a show that follows my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss. It is one where I take everyone on the journey of waking up to bliss and we set our intentions at the outset. And at the end of the interview, we will actually go and see what your intention was, Grace, for today and pick that number. And away we go. We all know the drill. And now it's for time for all of you to meet Grace. She's an entrepreneur, educator, speaker, and author. She started and managed two not for two for-profit and two not-for-profit companies. And she's also traveled throughout the 35 states and eight foreign countries, recognized in who's who in education and who's who in literature. Literature. She's building and utilizing her skills over a decade as she reinvents herself with award-winning fourth book and debut novel, The Eves. And we're going to talk about that tonight as well. And as well, she will return to two of her early loves and share that with you of the radio, which is even more exciting. The entire, I would say, magnitude of what she's building for herself and for the author community is just astounding. And I can't wait till she tells us more about that. But without further ado, I'll tell you a little bit about the Eves. It's an intergenerational story about lives lived well and lives in transition. It's a knowledge that it's a novel that challenges each of us to ask who we want to be in the world, regardless of our age. Grace brings that quest for a good story and a drive to keep contributing to her radio show, The Storytellers, broadcast on authors on the air global radio network. Each episode captures the stories of authors and others who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. And I love the storytellers of the world. They are the ones I believe will save us. She's also the founder, there's more guys, of Author Talk, <laughs> Talk Network. It's um, And she's a member of Women's Fiction Writers Association, Women's National Book Association. And she's the director of men membership for one of the fastest growing Facebook groups, Bookish Road Trip, which I love and I've been so lucky to be a part of. She's currently working on several anthologies, sketching out her next novel, which we might get a little bit of a glimpse into what that looks like, preparing to launch her collaborative ebook, Sharp Tips for Exceptional Writing, and preparing for her newest venture, everybody, The Launchpad, the radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that create them. My God, I can't even believe she has time for me tonight, so I'm so grateful. She grew up in Long Island. And I'm on hiatus. And I'm on hiatus. And this is her hiatus, everybody. So can you imagine when she's full throttle? I don't even know what to do. We're like going to be able to see her. She'll be like one really, really spinning. Um, she currently lives in Florida with her husband and small herd of imaginary llamas. You can reach Grace via email at grace at gracesalmon.net. And without further ado, did I miss anything? I don't want to miss anything. 
Uh, thank you for that amazing introduction. I don't know who that woman was, but Meg, thank you for having me because you're pretty darn amazing. Thank you so much. You know, I, I, I have, and we were talking about this before the show began, how lucky we all are to have jumped into this world and these magical connections that keep popping up over and over again. And I will be the last one and the first one to say how grateful I am to this beautiful creative world that I keep getting dragged and pulled and you know teased into because the reality is I do believe that creativity is once again the storytellers will be the ones that will save us. We tell better stories and we live more incredible lives. So Grace, that's a tip of my hat to you, to all that you've done and all that you're going to do, which is a lot. And they're all saying, wow, that is some resume. Um, yeah, don't even own it, honey. Own it, own it, own it for sure. I, I Denise Bird is here saying hello. Oh, she's fabulous. Hello, everybody. Everybody's here. So today's theme is perfect for us. And I really think it is because when we first connected, we were talking about manifesting. We both got excited and you're as magical as I am, maybe even more so, I think, to a certain extent. Rejoice in the joy that lies before you. And, and I love this quote because it's Abraham Lincoln. And he says, we can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorns have, bush have roses. Thorn bushes have roses. I just battered that. But the reality is as we develop, all of us, we all of us serves that greater purpose as we come into our own, discover our individual calling. And it's really the all of us that benefits as well as, you know, keeps us stopped to learn those lessons on the way. But if we focus on our flaws for too long, we can get nothing done. We miss out on those positive traits that we call our strengths. And those parts that are filled with wonderful potential that really will catapult us on to even something better in life. So then we keep choosing joy, choosing those strengths, choosing those passions, choosing a life well lived without the burdens of what we claim to be our flaws, so to speak. Remembering that every part of us is beautiful and every part is beautiful in that rose bush. Everything is important to the whole. And there's no really complaint. There's no really point to complain about the thorns because in the end, it's so much more that meets the eye. The thorn protects the rose, right? So it can grow into something even more beautiful. So we see, we choose to see the beautiful roses to get today, or maybe go through life with a bit more amazing grace. So what are your thoughts on that, Grace? I cannot wait to begin. Let's do this. Well, again, thank you, Meg. And thanks for everybody who's with us tonight. I love that kind of the whole is equal to the sum of its parts, right? Yes. I would love to, part of me would love to, you know, have a body that I had 20, 30 years ago, but I wouldn't be able to do the work I'm doing now if I didn't have, you know, those things that I earned over those 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of life. So we are, and we spend, particularly I think women, but we spend so much time saying, if I was taller, if I was shorter, if I was thin, or if I did this, and it's such a waste of time, you know, let's live in the present, let's value what we have, let's pick up your theme for today of look at what is coming next, mm. and being excited about that, rather than regrets. I really try to live my life regret free. Mm. You know, when I make a mistake, I make an amend and I move forward, but there's no room for looking backwards. So your theme for today of looking forward, I, I fully embrace. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I will say to your point as well, and, and the fact that you're giving permission to, to all women out there who are listening, all men as well, you know, you got to embrace the whole picture because that's what you were given. That's the hand that you were dealt. And it's, kind of fun. Like I'm looking at your beautiful handprints behind you to get into the, the paints and, and then start playing with the colors of life and, and, you know, rejoice in that and see what we can do with that, what we can do with all of us to, you know, produce something that we can really be proud of, which is exactly what you should be is proud of this beautiful book called the eaves. I had the luck to 
read it, finish it, and explore just your imagination because it is a fiction. It's a novel, but it's just really amazing. You know, I one of the beautiful things I think by doing all of this is that we get to read so many different authors, and certainly you do. Author Talk, Launchpad. You are you know exploring different ways people think about you know how to tell stories. You know, I, I want to start with your journey. You know, your journey to this. You know, how did you get here? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I lived in pretty much, you know, Ozzie and Harriet, um, leave it to Beaver world. I'm 68 years old. So I grew up in that period of time where if you turned on television, everybody was perfect. Yeah. You know, the houses were perfect. The families were perfect. And, you know, everything got wrapped up in 30 minutes. And I think <laughs> though, if, it, it was, it was just a perfect little world. And of course it wasn't, it was a very white world. It was a very mm. artificial world. And I think if you scratch the surface of many of us, we then get to that part, which have real experiences, which shape us. It's those thorns that shape us as well, right? The rose bush needs to be shaped by the sum of the parts. So I had some very specific turning points. I was sexually abused when I was 12 years old. I never had anybody who believed that experience. So I very much understand the voices of people who are not heard, whether they're not heard because of sexual abuse or they're not heard because of race or gender or political uh, bent or whatever. So for me, it's very important to listen. So that was a big turning point. Another turning point for me was, you know, I thought I was in that Ozzie and Harriet world. I was married. I had two kids. And I went to the post office two weeks to the day before Christmas to pick up what I thought were Christmas presents. And they were my divorce papers. And I was like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Wow. So, and there was another one about where I was forging a new business and very abruptly my business partner left. And each of those felt very horrific and they were horrific, but they also helped shape me in a way that said, where do we go from here? What have we learned? And I don't know, Meg, that I ever did that consciously. Yeah. It was not until much later in life where I said, what is the door that is opening? I'm working on a piece right now. I don't know if it's going to be a blog post. I'm actually hoping it's going to be a book, but it's, it's going to be something along the lines of changing your life one opportunity at a time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, again, I don't think you get to do that till you're at a certain point in life, unless you're way smarter than I am, because it took me a really long time to get there. But that that's where I think I am um, in terms of having the time to listen and to think of where I went. So I have some big footprints yeah. um, along my path, but then there's that opportunity to just have that door open. I never would have thought I had a radio show. And I did an interview with a woman named Gail Carson, who owned a radio station called Spunky Old Broads out it. of Miami. <laughs> SOB Radio. How cool is that? I love it. And um, she interviewed me and she said, oh, my gosh. I, I love what we said. You need to have your own radio show. And I said, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm done. I, I wrote my novel. If you read my novel, it's all about the character things she's done. And I'm done. And she goes, no, did you read your novel? You are not done. <laughs> and, and that was the beginning of so much more. Wow. Okay. So you just unpacked a lot just in that whatever. I mean, like, I love it. She's on hiatus right now. But yet at the same time, I don't think it's possible that you could even do any interviews without offering so much, you know, so much worth and value. And, and I think that what you just said, you know, for anyone out there listening, you know, a victim of, a, of, of child abuse at 12, you know, going thinking you're going to get Christmas presents and you get divorce proceeding papers you know maybe that was a present which you didn't know it at the time because i'm super i'm super sure it was a shock at the time but but you you still are driven toward life you're driven toward living life even when they tell you you know you're, you're even when you tell you your novel is it you're done let's let's move on 
it keeps pulling you back to live more, to experience more. And, you know, I think that it might go into a play into a huge part that you can't have regrets because life keeps telling you not yet, Grace, <laughs> not audio, not radio show, not yet, Grace, we've got more, we've got more. And that I think is a beautiful thing because you said you didn't act out of consciousness initially, but you do pay attention and you do take on the opportunities. And I think that plays into rejoice in what lies before you, because when you keep saying yes to the opportunities, you're saying yes to life. So now we have this beautiful book. And I have to say, you know, people are saying you're a living example of when one door closes, other doors open. That's Mike Spatola. And that is a lot to happen to one person. That's Leslie. You are an inspiration. And that is, in fact, the case. When people breathe life into the world, the world asks you, asks more from you. And I think that that is what is happening to you and to anyone who is labeled as inspirational and you answer the call. That's the greatest gift that you can give to being here that next day and the next day and next day. So let's go back to your beautiful novel. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, one of my favorite things is this part, because I ask for your inspirational quotes that gets you going, that gets you to be alive and in this world. Welcome, Camila. I'm so happy you're here. You got to meet Grace today. This is awesome. So the first one, and one of my favorites as well, to thine own self be true, Shakespeare and Josephine Caruso Salmon. First of all, tell us a little bit about Josephine. And then mom. why that is so important to you. My mom always said that. So this is my mom. And my mom is definitely a character in the book, if you will. It's the character of Joan. She's wise. She's, she's sage. She is gentle. She is mm -hmm. inclusive. And she would always say this to us. Um, and of course, she thought that this was from the Bible. And so many of Shakespeare's quotes are confused that way. Yeah. But she had this point that if you are not true to yourself, you cannot be true to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that was also within the norms, if you will, of a woman of those generation, of that generation who felt very strongly that women had a certain place. I remember telling her that I wanted to be an evening newscaster on television, which would not have been a stretch for me since my father was in television news. But she was very clear that I should be home making dinner for my children. Okay. <laughs> but at this, so she was locked within, in some ways, mm -hmm. the parameters of her time. Mm -hmm. But she was also know who you are, do not pretend to be anybody else and live by your core. And that has resonated with me from the time I was a little girl. So I do want to speak to this because I will tell you, even today, with what's happening in the world, we still have come so far. And I think what this quote and your mother's wisdom, that wonderful wisdom that she passed along to you, the authenticity of who you are keeps showing up as you and you will go far, you will go far in life. You know, even though her box was small and her world was leave it to beaver, perhaps, you know, the bottom line is that you hold on to that and you pay it forward in a different way than what she was able to do. So this is so powerful. This is so important. And this also plays into your book as well. So tell me a little bit about how you began the writing process, because I think it's really important that someone who's sitting in your position doing what you're doing with all the knowledge and wisdom you have, you started somewhere, right? You started, you began the journey of writing somewhere. I did. Now, The Eaves is my fourth book but it's my first novel. So there's a little bit different journey than I had than perhaps some other authors. From the very first time I graduated from college, I was writing brochures uh, for the university where I went because I was an admissions counselor. Then I switched to travel and tourism. And I would write these brochures about sitting in this lovely taverna overlooking the Aegean Sea. Well, I've never been to Greece, but you know, I would get all of the tourist magazines together. But so somebody someplace thought that I wrote well. And then again, I, I mentioned earlier that I had a business partner who abruptly left our business. But one of his parting words were, if you don't write a book, you know, you're crazy. Oh, wow. So I sat and I wrote a book. 
when I wrote The Eaves, it was, it was different. I was winding up traveling to 32 states, 200 days a year. I didn't know who I was. My mm -hmm. mom had already deceased. My father was elderly. My children were grown. And so many of us, and you know, I'm my mom's daughter. I lived in certain roles. Mm -hmm. Now I would tell you, I am the sum of my parts. I am totally authentic. Whoever, whatever you see here is what you get. But I didn't know who I was going to be without those roles. So I created the very, very broken Jessica Barnett, mm -hmm. who had given up on herself, her looks, her degrees, um, not her lies, not her vodka. No. And <laughs> she needs to find her way in the world. So in many ways, I created the worst of who I am. Right. And I created a younger self and an older self. So the youngest character is 15. The oldest is almost 94. Wow. And I got to play with all so many voices. And I love that you're saying play with so many voices because when you write, and I think novel, a novel, it gives you that kind of license to, you know, do what you may not be able to do in the world that you live in, you know, that you can do that. And I love the fact, like I said, back to the point, and I'll, you have to learn about this in the book, is that it's a very creative endeavor as well. There's a lot of creativity that goes on at the eaves, but I'm not going to give it away. I, I, I tend to, so I'm going to step back a second and I'm going to go back to our quotes because I really do want everyone to go and purchase this book because at its core, is exactly what she says on the cover. When our stories are told, everything changes. And those words alone are so exciting to me because then everybody becomes perhaps the person that they know they are. And, and that is something that you see happening. So let's go on to the next. Don't hide your gifts, use them, challenge them, hone them, share them widely. Please tell us what this means to you. I think for myself, and again, I, and I, I don't want to extrapolate to all women or to all authors, but I think we frequently hide our talents. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a fine line between boasting about how I do all of these things in that resume for that person that you read earlier. And... <laughs> what we're just really good at and where we feel comfortable. I say to my husband all of the time, stop hiding your talents under, you know, what's that thing, putting your light under a bushel. Oh yeah. So I think there's that balance and, and balance is so important to me. And it's probably the thing that I struggle with the most, but it's that idea of having your feet firmly planted on the ground, knowing what you can do, also taking risks in what you can't do, right? Yeah. But having that um, confidence in yourself that you can say, yes, come on my radio show, come on my new radio show. I love it that we're doing a new show coming out in August. And I think I have 30 people signed up for the show already and the show's never launched yet. So this is launch love pad, right? That's launch. Pad. Yes. That's yes, awesome. I love that people think this is going to be great. And I know it will be great because we will have great guests. Yeah. But there's that ability to say, I was given a certain set of gifts. My mom used to have a sign in her kitchen. And it said something along the lines of, our talents are our gifts from God. What yeah. we do with those talents are our gift back. And service is okay, wait so a second. Say that again so the people in the back can hear you. You have to say it because I think this is really key to shifting from humbly serving and powerfully serving. Because I think at the end of the day, we want everyone to powerfully serve the whole with their beauty that's within them. So say it again. What your mother... She's with us tonight, baby. <laughs> she is. So, so first of all, I want to say service is really important to me on a number of levels. And we can go there now or at another time. But the plaque in her kitchen said, our talents are our gift from God. What we do with those talents are our gift back. And I would say regardless of where you are in a religious continuum, that which you were given you need to give back. I 
And you know what you you reap what you sow and imagine if you give back in such a way that it empowers not only others but also empowers the beauty that is you and i get so excited because that and the fact to this point literally is what i'm the most grateful for is to have that opportunity to give back to the world with things that i love to do you know because it's really the exciting parts and here we go just for today i will be grateful the start of the reiki principles tell me what this means to you I came across this phrase because I'm a hospice volunteer. And one of the things that the hospice in my community offers is Reiki training. And not a lot of people know about Reiki, but it's a, if you come out of a Christian tradition, thinking of, think of it as the laying on of the hands. And obviously hands are important to me. If you read my book, they're important. If you ever say anything I do, there's always hands. But it's the idea of, sharing a positive energy, which mm -hmm. I will be the first to acknowledge, I do not understand. I do not understand how we share energy, but I can bear witness to the fact that we do. And I have learned over particularly the last five years, if we don't live in today, we live in yesterday and we have regrets, mm -hmm. we can only live in today. So today I have learned that we must live in gratitude every single day. And we must do, you know, do that today and live in gratitude. The rest of those Reiki principles say things like, today I will not be angry. Mm -hmm. Today I will do my work honestly. Today I will be kind to every human being. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's just a set of principles. And, but they start with the work of being grateful. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because when you start to be grateful for your life and for where you are in this world, it makes everything else easier, I, I find. A little bit less forced and more effortless, let's say. And, you know, one of the things that people are saying are these are words to live by. And I love that you start, like, I think that all the other stuff, maybe live being honest or all those other qualities or attributes, maybe a little bit more challenging, but we can be grateful. Like we can be grateful for this moment in time where we get to record together and, and play in this spot together. I want to go back to what you were saying about the hands and tell us why that is so important to you and the act of service like you're speaking of. Because I want to, I really do think since you mentioned it and I know that that's important to you that we talk about that because I, I, I really do believe that there are those those things about us that you know we hold very near and dear so go ahead please tell us a little bit about that i think service is so multifaceted you know it looks very altruistic she's a hospice volunteer she mm -hmm. works with abused children she works at her church whatever the things are in truth i have always gotten more from being of service than i feel i have ever ever given. Mm. It's a place where you can build your skills, build your talents, yeah. and all the same time connect to connecting to people. So for me, um, I mentioned earlier that when I was young and had no voice in my sexual abuse, being a voice for others is very important. So here in Florida, we have something called a guardian ad litem program. Yeah. In other states, it's called a CASA, but it's basically being the legal voice for kids who um, have been neglected or abused um, through the foster and, and then wound up in foster care. I also, with my hospice work, that has a lot to do with these are now people who may no longer have a voice. So being of service to me connects me um, to my past journey, certainly my future journey at some point, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. So I, I find that being of service keeps me grounded mm. in a, in a way that other things don't. I do some service here in my community, which is in the scheme of life, zero importance. I make signs for the gates that say board meeting tonight or, you know, something similar, ice cream social for the kids on two weeks from now. In the scheme of life, that's not important, but it keeps me connected in yeah. a way that I wouldn't have been otherwise. And it's an easy gift that I can do. You know, so I, I love it's I about love... leaving your mark on the world. You know, I you you read my book for which I'm so grateful. But so much of it about is about how do we leave our mark on the world? 
And that's right. the handprint piece. Jocelyn Jones, the amazing acting coach yes. out of L.A., uh, the whole front of her book called Artist has hands yes. all over it. And oh, do you have a yes? There it is. But so we're talking about cool. you today, Grace. Look at you being of service to Jocelyn. She's wonderful too. But we're talking about you today she, and she your beautiful about, book, The you. Ease. Yes. But she and the facts about the earliest yeah. part is leaving our mark on the world. And and the fact is, I guess when you talk about how you leave your mark on the world, how when you touch something, you leave it better than when you came to it. And I think that, you know, certainly, yes, if you read The Eves, you'll learn more about that for sure. But I do love that you're very conscious about that. And I think that that is also what Jocelyn speaks to as well, is that conscious understanding of what your handprints mean. And literally, the act of service, that anything you touch. And back to the energy component of Reiki. Now, we don't know how it works, but I know that if someone's coming into my world in this like blocks, I know if they're offering beauty and love and joy, I feel it. I feel it even though you're in a different part of Florida or anywhere anyone else is. You know, even Annie's saying tonight that I love you. I feel it. I receive it. And I think that you don't have to understand but to under, you know, not even to understand, but to feel it. And I think that that certainly is why you're such a great writer is because you make people feel when they read your words. And that takes us to this. I, you know, okay, this is, so I was curious when I read this, what it meant to you. So you cannot sit in two chairs or wear two pairs of shoes. Dolores DuPont. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for your, your uh, interpretation on this one. People love this quote, and I love that they love it. So Dolores DuPont is a woman who is now, I think, 92. Oh. When I met Dolores, she was a very, very old woman. She was 72, which means that she was four years older than I am now. I was, I think I was, oh, I don't know, 50 something. And I just thought she was such an old woman. So now I'm so embarrassed that I thought she was so old. She is definitely the blueprint for Elizabeth in my book. Mm -hmm. And when she and I met, um, my mom was dying and she and I would cross paths on a walking path in my community in Maryland where I lived. Mm -hmm. And I would be crying. I would be processing, you know, my mom was dying. My son was a senior in high school and, you know, he was leaving and I was traveling 200 days a year. I was just emotionally and physically exhausted. And she stopped one day and she said to me, what's the matter for you? What's the matter for you? I love it. So I immediately resonated with her because, you know, I, I grew up Sicilian and ah! uh, Irish, <laughs> Irish and German as well. But um, and I was just I love it. really not able to make a decision about so many things in my life. Um, I was dating the man who is now my husband, but we didn't, it wasn't really going that well to be candid. And she sat me down one day and she said, you can no sit it in two chairs. You can no wear it, two pairs of shoes. And it was that idea of Dolores. live decisively. Ah, right? I love it. Okay. Yes. Live oh my decisively. You can't, have, you can't have everything. You cannot. Yeah. But you, you can make choices that give you a very full life. But you know what? You can't sit in two chairs at the same time. Oh, my God. I love Dolores. Oh, I do, she, too. Is she still with us? Obviously. Yes. 92. She's still with us. What's the matter is, for you? <laughs> she is, yeah, what's the matter for you? She is still with us. And I have to tell you, the whole thing in the eaves where she wants to go on a vacation, the kind oh. that doesn't need any suitcases. Yes. She's wanted to do that for 20 some odd years. Oh, and my she's God. still here. That's Dolores. I OK, so I love I love I don't I don't know if you mentioned the name, but I love that character so much. <laughs> Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. I loved Elizabeth. And I love the fact that she is based on a real life character, that there's someone out there in the world. What's a matter for you? And what powerful wisdom, you know, you can't do everything that you want at the same time. And I, you know, it's funny because even now <laughs> at this point in my life, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, I have gifts that are children, but I know that my career did not take off the way my initial career did not take off the way I wanted it to because I had 
ch the choice of having children. But the bottom line is back to, you know, all these opportunities. I wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation with you had that not happened. So, you know, I will tell you that I love the fact that, you know, the, it plays into the gratitude, the peace, you know, grateful for where you sit and what chair you're actually sitting on and what maybe the fanciest shoes you're wearing are not so fancy at this point in time. I love this. This is wonderful. We all love it. We all love Dolores. This one, be kinder than you need to be. It takes much less, much less energy than being mean. This is, sounds like it would have come from your mouth, and it is a great salmon quote. So tell us what this means to you in your life. I have lived by this for a long time, Meg. I think it's just too easy to not listen. You know, we talked earlier about when our stories are told, everything changes. We spend so much time not listening, not giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, writing them off of like, why did they cut me off on the road? Why did they say that? If we take the time to listen, we will find, I believe, kindness in our heart. And it's just the simplest thing to be kind. And it's like volunteering for yeah. me. You know, you write somebody a note that says, I hope your dad's doing well. Yeah. Um, you know, are you with, with your mom and dad this weekend? That comes back to you a thousandfold. It does. Um, and it makes the world a, a happier place. And, and I really do believe that that kindness comes back. I hope the, the snarky stuff doesn't come back. Because, um, you know, I, 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 I could be snarky. I try never to be. But this is definitely, this is, if I have a hallmark, it is be kinder than you need to be. Well, I, I think especially now in, in the times that we are living in. I know, I yes, always, of course, always. But if at any time in the history of my life that everyone needs to show up a little bit more kinder, even when they may not want to, because Lord knows I uh, have had experiences where I know that my your ire, my ire, my, my anger is peaked, you know, especially if you're in the flying world right now and coming back on a trip and your flights are canceled. But the reality is, is that's, you know, everybody's experiencing this. If you're kinder, then your experience might be changed. And certainly the other that you're interacting with as well. So I think that these are definitely words to live by. And I think that, you know, when you do show up in a world where you are that, I think that many people will recognize that you are that kind of person. Your reputation will precede you. So I think it's kind of like that vault or that emotional account where you keep putting kindness in. And if you have that snarky day, people will think it's funny. You know, it's a part of your storytelling. I know the drama that we all want to share, you know, maybe it would be seen a little bit more different than normal. So I love- Because we have words. those thorns, right? We have those oh. thorns as well. Oh my and, God, you know, Jessica is so broken. Um, you know, at the end, she is just taking notes the whole time. So she has these life lessons and they're on my website and they're in the back of the book. But yeah. she's so broken. She has these little quotes so that she can remember to do those things. You know, first, do no harm. You know, they're not, they're not, rocket science. They're so, just you know, the day by day. Since we're talking about the book right now, as far as what you did at the back of your book, which is genius. I, I, I think it's genius for book clubs. It's genius for those things that you want to just refer back to. First of all, you have an interview at the back of your book that is all about you and your experience with the book. And I'll just leave that to everyone when they get it and they read it. It's really wonderful insight into you outside of any interview you might have. But what I loved the most is the lessons that you put at the end, and I'm going to show, just show it. It's Jessica's lessons. You can't really see it, but when you when you get the book, you'll see it. There's a whole page, whole actual, whole. Wow, there's whole two pages of 25 lessons. What made you write that? I love it. I, I go ahead. Um, first of all, you can download them from my website, and the only reason you can download them from my website is somebody, one of my readers. Um, wrote to me and said, and I've typed them all out and printed them. And I went, oh, wow, I'm so glad that resonated with you. But let me make it easy. So it's all about just making it easy. But I wanted to point out that Jessica is so un, um, unattached, unaware of who she is. She's constantly saying this character is so likable, that character is so likable. 
she is, and she's got her fault. She's not my favorite character, but she is likable. She is a good person, despite the fact that she has a little bit too much vodka and she tells a bunch of lies. There's a reason for that. And I wanted it to be that she can, we all can go from that bottom place to one day at a time, finding gratitude, finding our legs, finding the strength to walk. That's beautiful. I, you know, and I think that's really important, you know, finding the strength to walk. Sometimes we crawl and that's where we start from, right? Or we even drag ourselves from our beds in the morning. But I think that, you know, when we go within, and I think that that's what you're talking about is like when people put this mirror up to us and say, you are beautiful. You are wonderful. You have gifts. You have strength. It's back to the whole theme tonight is rejoice in, in, in the beauty or the joy that lies before you. It's because it comes from you. And I think that when we realize that, you know, thorns and all those beautiful roses become that more, you know, inviting to others, even though they might get pricked occasionally. But it's really, really amazing what you do in the telling of the story of Jessica and her characters that surround her. And, and like I said, I want everyone to go out and get it because I think that it is an experience. I love good storytellers. I am a very big critic and I hate to say it because I, I like, ah, you know, just because I'm so critical of myself. But when I can enjoy a book that I read it so you know, it's so effortlessly that I definitely want to convince others to do the same. But, you know, back to you, back to Grace. My vision here and always, as everyone knows who watches the show, is to engage the extraordinary in you and you and have you share with us those things in your life that make your life that you see that you love most about your life. And, 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 in this particular avenue, what I want to talk to you about are those glimpses that you may have had at one point in time into your bookish road trip group and also your radio shows, the author, this launch pad that you're doing, and also your, your author talk series. So please tell us a little bit about that in the spirit of sharing, learning, and perhaps other people may look at their own lives very differently when an idea comes to the fore. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no words. Sorry, no words. I think that it all begins with um, taking some risks. I never think of myself as a risk taker, but it's that idea of um, looking for the door that opens. Um, I'm so excited that Annie McDonald is here tonight. She is one of the first people who read the book, believed in the book, believed in me. And that all happened because I listened to an interview that she did with um, Julie Valerie of Bookish Road Trip. There were four um, moderators of Bookish Road Trip at the time. And I was just overwhelmed at the brilliance of Annie's questions, the brilliance of Julie's answers. And I reached out to both of them and they really said, well, this is how it's done. And the author community and the author supporting community, Denise is here tonight, Annie's here tonight. Um, I haven't looked at all of the scroll, um, but you know, Leslie, all of the people who are here, we are part of a community that knocks my socks off yeah, every single day. But if it wasn't for somebody like Annie who said, oh, you should do this, come on my show. I wouldn't have had that confidence. So, um, or, or the woman who interviewed me and said, you should have your own radio show. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that we don't know when we're done. We're not done till we're done. Um, we may be in that dark place and I have had those dark places, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, as we all have, you know, I, I remember going to bed six weeks, you know, six weeks, my father had died. Things weren't going well in so much of my life. And I had a girlfriend who barged into my apartment and said, it is time for you to get out of bed, girlfriend. And I was like, oh no, I'm good. <laughs> really good. This is fine. So what I have learned, and this is the gift to me of being older, if I was young and smart, and there are so many young, smart people, but I was not one of them. At this point, I have learned to see when the door is shut and whether I can knock and have entry 
or whether the door is shut and that's a good thing, whether it's ajar, whether it's opening for me. There are just so many opportunities um, that we have. Bookish Road Trip is my happy place on Facebook, Instagram. We have a website. We've got three newsletters. It's an amazing community. When I joined um, uh, uh, just under two years ago, I think we had, you know, well, I can tell you a year ago, we had 1600 members. Now we're just under 4,000. Um, my goal, is, I'm director of membership. So my goal is 4,000 members by the beginning of August when we celebrate our second anniversary or our second birthday. Uh, I love it. It is super organized. Mary Helen Sheriff, who you have hosted on this show, um, is our CEO. She does amazing, amazing work um, in keeping uh, a yeah. bunch of cats well herded. We've got great programming. Everything is posted. So I invite everybody because I want to make 4,000 members. And and because it's a great place to hang out to join us at bookish road trip the storytellers came about as i told you from having done that one interview what i have found out brings me joy mm -hmm. is the process of creating uh and, and that's been become an interesting um challenge for me i created author talk network which is 19 authors who i brought together be for creating creating collaborating and communicating it was tons of fun to do that we're coming out with an ebook under red penguin um, books this wow. month it's a lot more fun to create it than to actually run it <laughs> <laughs> Um, the same thing, I'm starting Launchpad, which is a new radio show, which is unlike anything out there. So I'm on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, both with Storytellers and with Launchpad. Mm -hmm. So with Launchpad, it's going to be four authors on at a time. They agree to cross-promote because I like that idea of us that. lifting each other up. We're going to broadcast across Facebook. We'll then broadcast on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. So mm -hmm. lots of collaboration. And from that, I just thought I should write a three book series called Launchpad, Countdown to Writing Your Book, Publishing Your Book, and um, Marketing Your Book. And I have no idea because that was a really great fun concept and Red Penguin Books picked it up. And I'm sure it's going to be a lot more fun to create that than to actually roll up my sleeves and do it. And this is on hiatus, everyone. I just want to, I just want to, I want to tell you all these overachievers out there. Yeah, I will say, don't cover your face. You own it. Own it, Grace. Own it. Own it. Own it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would, if you had a tiara, I would tell you to put it on right now because I will say. I think I have one. And you do have a tiara. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I, I do say. I'm still with you. That, uh, no, please get your tiara. There we go. Okay. Now, now we're talking and I will join you because, you know, this is my show and I can do whatever I want with my tiaras. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll tell you this. I and and I and I'm big advocate of women and men to claim their tiara, claim their wonder, claim their amazing because that will produce more of that to the world. Yes. And and we'll we'll take it up. We'll pretend it's our imaginary right now. But the bottom line is this. You have ideas and you act upon them and you see where they go, which I love it because that what makes you extraordinary. And that is what the gift is to others to see you doing that and to say, maybe I can do that too. It gives them permission to shine, permission to be who they are authentically. Back to your mother, Josephine, to thine self be true, right? And at Absolutely. the end of the day, we all can show up as our authentic self really enjoying that not feeling like we're imposters but really enjoying the process because it is the process either we trust it or not there's a process going on so i want to ask you what do you think is like one of the things that keeps your i would say this party the grace party moving forward how do you manifest like how do you keep yourself engaged aware and keeping yourself going Oh, that's such a great question, Meg. I think I channel on the um, living in the moment. I definitely thrive on the creativity. I also really strive to help others. Um, part of the idea of Launchpad was, oh, let me see if I could do that. But also, I came into this work so naively. You know, I didn't know what a work in progress was. I didn't know whether to... Uh, 
a TBR, a to be read list was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what any of that was. So in my short time as a novelist versus an author, which goes back much further, I, I like that energy that we share. It's also, I think for me, the um, idea of finding meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. And this, this seems to help me do that. And I think there are many ways to do that. I, you know, I love that you think I'm extraordinary. I believe we're all extraordinary. We each have a gift that we bring to this world. And that can be something as easy as picking up the newspaper from your next door neighbor and putting it on their front door instead of leaving it in their driveway. I just think that we can all bring the gifts that we have, that kindness that we have, the creativity. Uh, I would tell you where I struggle with is balance. I really took Not this. Surprised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. I took this two-month hiatus because I absolutely believed I would be rolling up my sleeves and writing my next novel. And I've written the introduction and I've written the epilogue and I've written very little since. Well, that um, seems so like I, you have a pattern and you're very consistent because that's what you said you did with the eaves. So there you yeah. go. You're on a you're on a roll. <laughs> you're on a roll. So, so, you know, and then someone today asked me to do the, um, their audio book. And I'm like, well, that sounds like fun. I've never done an audio book, but you can't sit in two chairs. Yeah. It's like the squirrel. Squirrel, where, 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 where? You know? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I, I want to say, and Annie's saying, your, you, your meat and cheese trays keep you going. So I imagine that's an inside <laughs> joke. So I just thought I'd make you laugh at this point. And, you know, Katrina, Katrina Pavlikinen, who is one of my mentors, is saying rising from the ashes results in great things. And that is the truth. I mean, in many ways, we walk these paths and we feel like we're down at our lowest. And yet we rise. We keep rising. And, and what you're saying is that you're saying your yes, your yes to all these wonderful ideas that you have it makes that as my daughter would say you extra you're extra you know you rise above the ordinary and and i think that that goes back to the whole idea that i see you as a very magical person definitely a magical connection and guess we get to be sharing your intention for this evening now as to the magic that you want to share tonight with all of the people who are watching I, I love that you asked me this, and I, I have to tell you, I was not particularly creative, despite the fact that I just said that, you know, what I love about <laughs> my life right now is creativity. But your theme for tonight was to rejoice in the joy that lies before you. And to me, that very, it spoke very loudly to, you know, not having regrets, don't looking back, don't look backwards and look at those opportunities. So my intention for tonight was to stay present and to look at what's ahead without being overpowered. Wow, I love it. So what number did you pick in the magical guide? Well, first of all, love the magical guide. <laughs> and again, wasn't feeling particularly creative. And I thought, I'm just gonna let the powers that be let me figure out that was my intention and very un, um, un atypical of me. I picked page 276 because it was my birthday. Okay. And I'm not, I am not somebody who um, usually celebrates my birthday, but my birthday is September 8th and talk about magic. The theme for um, September 8th is never look back. There is so much opportunity wow. ahead. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So the serendipity between the theme, and I love the things that you say here, you know, enlarge your um, vision of what will happen. And then you um, have brilliant words, but so much opportunity lies ahead for you. Don't look back on what you may have missed or you will miss what is coming. Ah. I got goosebumps, not because just, I just, there's something about this evening and two things that you said that I love is that you seek meaning and purpose in life, right? That, that ultimate, that thing that draws you into the world and pulls you out of yourself and your fears into engaging and matched with that. Don't look back. You're going to miss the beauty of what's right in for, right before us. And, you know, Katrina's saying it's cool. And it is so cool because I've got goosebumps all over the reality is, is that we hear those yummy words like Annie's saying to engage and invite us 
to welcome us to engage in the world that is right here and what we can do to make a difference. So back to you, of course, because I just got excited. I like, I do, you know, that that's me. I get excited. And the fact of the matter is that, um, I just met you, but I, I, you know, for me, it's pay attention to what's right in front of us because this conversation I hope will continue. I, truly enjoy what you've written, what you do, and who you are. And I just basically scratched the surface. And I think anyone who's listening, I definitely would encourage you to get to know Grace. Really, end the bookish road trip. She invited all of you to join. Let's help them make that 4,000 goal for sure. I want to finish tonight, which is my favorite part, the final inspiration. And and I know in many regards, we have had so many inspirations tonight, but you got to give us something that, so tomorrow morning, it'll be the first thing with that gratitude component, we wake up and we say, bring it to me, God, bring it to me world, whatever it is you believe in, just that energy of love and joy and bliss and magic. Well, first of all, thank you to everybody. I am beyond honored to um, have shared your microphone, Meg. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, there's that wonderful, is it T.S. Eliot, not with a bang, but a whisper? Be kinder than you need to be. There is somebody struggling in a way that you don't understand. And just when our stories are told, everything changes. Uh, that is something I want you to say one more time for everyone to hear, because I think that will engage or welcome anyone to start telling the story that they want for their life. So say it again. It's beautiful. When, when our stories are told, everything changes, but we need to listen. That's the key uh, component. Yes. Yes. Wow. So listening to you has been a delight, Grace. You are certainly someone that I have very much sit with gratitude to know that you're in my world. Um, I want to remind everyone that Grace can be, you know, uh, you know, you can find Grace at gracesalmon.net, www.gracesalmon.net, N-E-T. Why don't you tell us some other places that they can connect with you as well? I'm on Twitter, sort of. Uh, and then Instagram, Grace Salmon Writes. On Facebook, I'm just at Grace Salmon. That's my personal page where I hang out way more than I do on my author page, which is Grace Salmon Writes. Uh, you can direct message me. You can email me. I, I answer everything. I love book clubs. I Yes. And she has a community. wonderful guide at the back of her book for book clubs. So I definitely encourage, and I know that you do this via Zoom as well. So anywhere in the world, country, et cetera, you can contact Grace. And also you have the Author Talk Network at www.authortalknetwork. And also, of course, your email again is gmsammon at gmail.com. I would definitely encourage all of you to contact her. And I want to show this. I saved the best for last. Tobias and the Eves and Bob Salmon. This is something, and I'm, I'm going to put this up next to your book because I want them both to go together before we say goodnight to you, Grace. Tell us what Go With the Flow, Tobias and the Eves and Bob Salmon. What does that mean to you? So Bob Salmon is my dad and Tobias, even though my dad was a white male, Tobias is an African-American doctor. They're very similar um, in spirit. And my dad was 90 years old. And I remember putting this big challenge to him about me and quite honestly, and candidly, um, the relationship I was having with my now husband. And he was like, Oh, really? When he comes to Florida, does he stay at your place? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, I'm 58. You know, I'm 58. And he just oh, sat there cool. and he was asking me questions. And he said, you know, if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. And at my age, it's time to go with the flow. I love it. <laughs> and, and I just was like, yes, it's, we all have to go with the flow. We can't get stuck. Go with the flow. 
I love it. So with, with those two wonderful inspirations tonight, we have Go With The Flow from Bob Salmon. I welcome that into my world because there are many times I like to think I can control everything. But, you know, hey, you know, you did your best. You put all you could into that wonderful child that you have and you must go with the flow, which I think my son will really appreciate you adding that to the list <laughs> tonight. And I, and I want to say once again, what a beautiful opportunity it was to speak with you tonight. And I get to put you next to my book as well. The fact that your mother's story is so poignant in this book made me cry. And I just want to tell you that when you shake my heartstrings and you make me feel like there is a connection beyond this, what we're having, but the words by which you're sharing, then um, the gratitude does definitely go out to you as well. So remember all of us, we're here to be deliberate creators of our lives. Dream big and let's all raise the positive vibrations on this planet so we can all live our bliss. Let's love ourselves exactly where we are. Reach out to each other and continue to spread the love. Go check out Grace on Bookish Road Trip and all of her shows. It's time to manifest the life of your dreams. And by doing that, you might be able to play in the field or in the playgrounds with others as well. I wish you all bliss. Thank you so much, Grace, for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity to talk tonight. You are magical. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Good night. Good night, everyone.